So I uh, want to welcome everybody back to another episode of What's Your F and Binge, a podcast brought to you by Joe and Chris. I'm Chris. Joe's not here tonight, but we do have a special guest, uh, Roy Worley, uh, who comes to us uh, from um, uh, my new publicist, Steve Joyner. And uh, Roy, tell us what you got going on, man. Well, hey, Chris, it's good to be with you tonight. And uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to guys like you that uh, really have a passion for podcasting. Um, my thing is I'm a full-time, uh, voice actor, voiceover artist, uh, voice talent, you pick, they're all the same kind of people. And, uh, there are a lot of different spokes in the voiceover wheel. Uh, some that I have uh, used my voice for are television commercials, internet commercials, radio commercials. Um, let's see what else. A, a lot of what I do is actually on hold, uh, messaging or, uh, inter interactive voice recordings and, uh, one of my biggest. Yeah, clients. when we talked yeah. the other day, you're like, yeah. uh, you're the guy who uh, pressed three for uh, customer service. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, my biggest client is a hospital chain, and all of its clinics in Indiana, uh, and uh, they have one here in uh, the Chicagoland area where I live, uh, just uh, southwest of Chicago in the suburbs. And is this the Indianapolis hospital chain? I'm, I'm assuming it could be. It's Franciscan health. I don't mind telling you which one it is. Um, oh, Franciscan. Okay. Yeah. They are Indianapolis. And cause I'm in Southern Indiana. Right. Okay. And I didn't know if it'd be one of the St. Mary's or, but the Franciscan, it's all part of the, yeah. the Catholic chain of hospitals. It is three to three and a half hours in length, but Kaz, just like the title implies is a guy that hunts down bad guys. And when he meets them, uh, it, it doesn't go too well for them. And if, 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 yeah, you know, they're all, they can all, all the books can stand on their own. They don't build one on the other. And I really enjoyed the series. There's a lot of humor in it. Uh, the, the, the good guy always gets the bad guy. It was a lot of, right. it was a lot of fun reading them. Scott, uh, Scott's a great guy. I've talked to him on the phone too. He's a good guy. The, the formula of the Western novel or the Western movie itself mm -hmm um is always predictable you know because uh the good guy is going to get the bad guy yeah. in the end there are yeah. very few exceptions to yeah. that but whenever you're dealing with the western straightforwardness of the lead characters the way that they do chop in a little bit of comedy even if there's a comedy relief uh -huh. character in the background the, the town drunk or whatever the case yeah. is but the lead character has his own brand of humor that's written in with almost all of the zane gray novels and Louis L'Amour, and you see it in the John yeah, Wayne movies. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's a staple of the genre. Yeah, is to have a little bit of that humor written in there. So that, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it's some of it when John Wayne does it, it's kind of a dry humor, and uh, yeah. in some of those movies like uh, uh, Rio Grande or something like that, that had Dean Martin in it. You know, Dean might be the the comic uh -huh. relief or something. Um, but you know, I I really enjoyed this uh, this book. He these this series of books and i can highly recommend them to anybody i've gotten lately into intentionally going after more non-fiction books lately i have uh completed two pieces of work through harper collins publishing which is a big step for me and anybody oh harper you know, i mean that's yeah. a huge publishing yeah, house, yeah, man. That's, that's it's, big. yeah it's one of the top five and in the last one, they didn't, did not even have me audition. They just cast me and said, hey, we want Roy to do this book. And so that's kind of what you want to do, where you want to be when you're a narrator producer for audiobooks. And you, you want to be the go-to guy for a certain yeah, style. Yeah, be a known name in the field. That's awesome. Yeah, so very excited about that. 
So whenever you're dealing with a publisher uh, like Harper, um, they're obviously, I mean, they don't have much choice in the matter in today's day and age where they do have to step into the audible lane, yeah, you know, with, yeah. uh, with how they publish some of the books. But yeah. uh, whenever you're uh, doing a reading for one of those, mm -hmm. is it like a cast reading? Are there multiple characters or do you do the entire voice for the book? Um, what's that like? In nonfiction, I would be the only reader. Um, there may okay. be books out there in nonfiction that I haven't, uh, uh, you know, not aware of that would uh, require a couple of readers. But in fiction, it can go either way. And all of the fiction that I've done, and I've not done a fiction novel for a major publisher yet, um, but like the Zane Grey novels, for instance, or the Cowboy novels, uh, I did all of the character, character voices. And, and many times you just give them uh, a little nuanced difference. Um, you know, for instance, in Kaz, Vigilante Hunter, you know, Kaz kind of talks like this because he's a, he's a laid back character. You know, he's cool. He's calm. Nothing flusters this guy that his pistols can't take care of. But when a bad guy okay. comes along, I kind of make him talk fast and, and nasally because he's just like a little skunk. He's like a little weasel. And I just want everybody to hate him. You know, so <laughs> you get okay. into something like that. And yeah, then for, I see the, the, the the distinction on those like that's if you're if you have two characters that are in the same scene are you jumping yeah. back and forth between characters in the same reading sometimes oh yeah there's uh, dialogue and you know i kind of get in my mind when i read the book first i get in my mind you know what this guy's going to sound like and what this guy's going to sound like and even with women you know you don't uh, as a as a, a male narrator especially as a baritone uh, voice. I don't try to mimic a woman's voice. Um, yeah, I, that would be insulting, I would imagine. It, well, and it would be ridiculous sounding as well, so you're right. Yeah. But uh, I happened to listen to a, a pre-recorded webinar that included three of the top audiobook narrators um, in the country today. And um, one of them was Scott Brick. And Scott, man, he's like the go-to guy for like one of my favorite authors is Clive uh, Cussler. And oh, Clive a, is awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. I love his work. I've read probably a dozen of his books, and Scott narrates mm -hmm. all of them in, in audio. And uh, as he was talking, people were interviewing, you know, how do you, how do you handle a female voice? And he said, well, you don't try to go up and register. You just know that women uh, are more engaging when they talk. And so he gave an example of that. And, and so I've kind of used that as a tool and it seems to work okay. very, very effectively so that a woman's voice would be softer and more engaging. And if you've got a different character, say if this one is sophisticated, I'm talking like I do now, but if you've got a live character, you know, one that's really feisty and everything, you just say you're a little more engaging, a little high pitch, just speed up the tone and the pace. So it's, it's, okay. it's a lot of fun to do that. I enjoy it. I don't have an acting background and I kind of regret that a little bit. Um, but I'm, it seems like it would be a natural thing for it, but I mean, uh, yeah. just by your demonstration, it doesn't seem to be needed in your case. Well, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's like any job. You can't just, uh, rest on what you've accomplished today. You've got to always try to, um, you know, improve yourself as you move along. And so mm -hmm. every year I'll, I, uh, sign up for coaching from some people who are very su successful in the industry. Okay. And do you, uh, do you do most of that there in Chicago, uh, which has a huge 
acting back, uh, you know, the, the scene there, it, along with, uh, you know, Second City comedy and everything yeah. else that goes on, but everything yeah. else with the theater that's there in Chicago yeah. is just top notch. Well, actually, I haven't had the opportunity to do anything like that. I have some friends here in the Chicago area that are voice actors that have gone to Second City for uh, improv classes, which are uh, okay. apparently very useful. Uh, it's just I haven't had the time or the money to drive into the city. It's about a 45-minute drive for me to drive down there. And then you have, gotcha. to, sell, you have to sell a kidney to be able to afford to park, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but here's, here's how we do it. Most of us do it is, um, for instance, I've got a, a voiceover coach right now who is one of the leading experts just by sheer volume plus his talent, which is incredible. Uh, he's narrated over a thousand audiobooks in his career in Still County. And he has oh. students and I'm one of them. And I signed up for that and we do it uh, via the internet. Uh, I'm in the Chicago area and he's in the middle United States and we have uh, Skype sessions and it's almost like taking a, a college course. He's one of the most thorough court, uh, coaches I've ever had. Uh, the voice of the world is a fascinating community made up of a lot of people who absolutely pay it forward. Um, you know, there, there's like any other industry, there are some people, uh, you know, with uh, egos on parade, but they're few and far between. And for the most part, there's, like I said, people just willing to help one another. That's been my experience so far, too, uh, dealing uh -huh. with uh, different lanes within the industry. But whenever you're dealing with entertainment, there is a lot of paying it forward and people yeah. willing and offering to share their time. And, uh, and if, uh, if uh, the right circumstances are there in place to help uh, someone else get a leg up. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little boost or whatever that that I find that you meet a lot more nice down to earth people than you do the uh, the super eccentric, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, National Enquirer type stories that you hear yeah. all the time about celebrities. Yeah. But in the business itself, uh, a lot a lot of people are a lot more down to earth than people would assume up front. That's for sure. No, that's that's been my experience. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people might think that, you know, it's it's easy to talk behind a microphone. Um, no, no. You know, no. Some, sometimes you tell people, um, and I heard this from my coach, he was telling somebody at a cocktail party or something that he narrated audiobooks for a living. And the response was, you mean like I read stories to my kids at night and you get paid for that? <laughs> mm, yeah. And, yeah. And so you just kind of, <laughs> you bite your tongue. Not too hard because you got to work the next day, but you know what I'm yeah. saying is that, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you don't want to, you know, be a smart aleck and, and return insult for insult. But it, it's a lot more involved uh, than that. And the guys... And usually that, that kind of a demeaning statement comes really more out of ignorance than anything. Like they don't even realize they're being insulting. It, it comes out but... of ignorance and sometimes one too many drinks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, is that uh, people who are, are successful and sought after as uh, narrators are people that, that are constantly improving their craft. And I'm just amazed at how much I learned from other people that I would have never thought of on my own that really make a, a good audiobook narrator. Or I recently sat in on a webinar a few days ago at the end of last week, Thursday, I believe it was, where there's a, 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 an agent in LA who's been casting voice talent for a long time was offering a, a, a webinar for voice talent on how to do 
commercial reads. And when you get a, an audition for a commercial spot, sometimes the, the specs will say, we're looking for a friendly, approachable guy, or we're looking for a millennial sound, not necessarily a young person, huh. but a millennial sound, or we're looking for okay. a, authoritative, or we're looking for the cosmetic read, which is like a, a low, sexy, just above a whisper read. And it's not always cosmetics. This one piece of copy we read was um, a particular brand of gin. A lot of work from them, for them. I've done some television and radio commercials in the past. I, I, right now, I'm there, I am their voice guy for the on-hold messaging. So if you call, you may get, uh, get something like, thank you for calling Franciscan Health. Please listen carefully as our menu has changed. So, and, and that's a pretty good gig because it's, uh, you know, they, they're always having needs, especially if they change doctors or add a new doctor or something in one of their clinics. Right. And that's pretty cool. They change extensions or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be exactly. kind of deal. Yeah, that's what you like. In any business, you want, uh, you know, repeat business and a great yeah. relationship with clients so that you become their go-to guy for their product or service. I've also done a lot of what we call e-learning, which some people call computer-based training. And if you are a part of a business uh, that requires you to be conformed to some state law, or you've got to learn something about how to sell a product, I have voiced a number of those as well as some college courses. Oh, like board certification or like real estate courses, <clears throat> things like that? Absolutely, one of the, mo the most recent that I've done uh, was for a conveyor belt manufacturing company that um, is big in the mining and quarry industries worldwide. And it was to uh, okay. train salespeople. And before that, I did a really very big one for me uh, in terms of length was for how to uh, uh, training for bartenders. Uh, fascinating huh. because you know they have to abide. I am a bartender right that's uh, that's awesome well you <laughs> if you have to go through this training again for whatever reason you may hear my voice and you know as you know as a bartender you know you have to comply to laws by not over serving people and huh. how to yeah. know you know and, and the whole idea of uh, blood alcohol levels and things like that so really fascinating yeah, there there is actually a lot more science to being behind the bar than what most people think. Yeah, so it's not all just, uh, "Hey, pour me a beer" uh, right, kind of deal. Stuff. Right, right, and uh, you know, even things about how to recognize some when somebody is faking an ID or things like you know a table yep. full of customers and uh, you know you, this, the the server comes to the table and orders and they order five drinks, but then one of them has uh -huh. gone to the restroom so they can't have their ID checked and things I would have never thought yeah. of. So pretty cool. Yeah, conveniently time. missing out on the order. If yeah. they're not present when the order is taken, their order doesn't get made. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, very interesting. But uh, what I've gotten into yeah. more recently is um, audiobooks. I've, I've recorded a number of audiobooks, not as many as some have, but... Uh -huh. um, my favorite genre is uh, Western novels, the cowboy stuff, and really enjoy that. And it's partly because I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and so when I sent, it's just right below the surface. Oh yeah, it's always it's always there in the background. You're doing a good job of sounding very Midwestern right now, but well, it uh, it can come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you what, so partner. Are you, let me uh, tell you what, partner. When I need to pull that accent out, it's right there. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these audio books that you're doing in the uh, Western genre, are these new releases or are you doing re uh, remakes of like Louis L'Amour or any of that kind of stuff or are these all new? I haven't done any Louis L'Amour, but I have four Zane Gray novels and uh, Zane, oh, no shit. Yeah, Zane, yeah, great. Zane is great. And I, I, you know, full disclosure, I had never read a single one of his books, although a lot of his books were made into Hollywood movies, you know, uh, writers yes. of the purple sage and things like that. But yep. uh, I, I really enjoyed his writing. He's very descriptive, really develops the characters well. So that kind of really whet my appetite to do more of that genre. And so uh, a lot of the books that you will hear on platforms like audible.com were created through a platform for uh, authors and rights holders to meet up with narrator producers like myself called acx.com, which stands for Audiobook Creation Exchange. And so okay. I, I narrated, and I'm going to give a shameless plug for an author that I dearly love, his writings, his name is Scott Harris, and Scott has written a number of series of Westerns. He is a really good writer, and he asked me to, I won an audition for the first in a series of his um, uh, books called Kaz Vigilante Hunter. My listeners will probably uh, give me a, a, a rash of crap here if I don't ask, have you done anything um tv related or uh movies or anything that people would know just by name you know i've i've done some commercials that live on the internet uh, i did a couple of spots for cheese it's duos when they came out with uh, that it's a combination of cheese it's with pretzels and uh, okay cheese it's with mm, i forget what else and I was, I won that audition. I went into uh, a recording studio and. Are you the voice of the cheese wheel? No, 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 okay. <laughs> no, not that one, not that one. It's more of a cheese. It's duos, you know, something like that. Oh, okay. And uh -huh. uh, you can Google it and maybe find it on YouTube, you know, so it's out there. I did something, a spot uh, about a year or so ago at Valentine's day for Dairy Queen. I don't know if you have those where you live, but uh, ice cream place. <clears throat> yeah, Dairy Queen's really big down here. Yeah, I've done uh, a Sears spot, but uh, on, on the internet, I was privileged for two years in a row to voice a series of videos for Firestone that featured Mario Andretti. And it was a comical way to promote Firestone using a famous name like uh, Andretti. And uh, they were playing uh, on... Um, the idea of beating Mario in a race. And so, you know, the, the narration was something along the lines of not many people can beat Mario Andretti with a steering wheel in their hand. But what about squeezing <laughs> an orange, you know, juicing an orange, something like that. And then it shows Mario Andretti juicing, you know, some oranges and they're timing him. You, <laughs> you video yourself juicing an orange. And if your time is better than his, you know, you win prizes, you know. And so they had some crazy stuff, like him drinking a glass of milk or wrapping a, an ex, a, a vacuum cleaner cord or folding laundry. I mean, just crazy stuff. And it was kind of comical watching this very famous figure, you know, this icon of the racing world, doing these silly things. And I think I, all, all total, I got to narrate 24 videos of that nature. So if they're still on, they could be on YouTube still. That's awesome.
Yeah, just uh, the the thought of filming and timing uh, Andretti doing all of these mundane daily mm -hmm. things and then making yeah. it a competition. I mean, uh, that's uh, both silly and actually pretty uh, pretty smart. I'm sure they yeah. had a lot of yeah. audience participation with that. It's you know the fact that they did it two years in a row suggests that they did. You know, so yeah. They had to have had pretty good success to have it run two yeah, years. That's yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we'll go ahead and jump into the second part of our interview, which is the What's Your and Binge topic of the show that you're currently watching. You ready? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, cool. So first and foremost, um, what platform do you use? Are you a Netflix or a Prime or is this show on Hulu? What, what are you watching? This, on? this one is on Netflix. Netflix, okay. Mm -hmm. And is it a made for Netflix, or was it originally a uh, network show? It was, if I'm not mistaken, it was made for Netflix. Okay, cool. Is it still currently running? You can, yes, you can view it right now. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you can. Is there another se season coming out in 2020, or has it did it end a couple years ago? Uh, we saw the first season, and the next season should be coming out this year. Okay, so it's still it's still current. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. And is this a comedy, a drama, sci-fi? What's the deal there? Uh, I would say uh, a drama. Drama. Okay. Is it set up around the head of a family or a head of a business? Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to say neither. Well, yeah. It's no. Let me back up. Yeah, I guess I'm going to say it's kind of set up uh, around the head of a business in a sense. Okay. All right. Is it a family business or a corporate business? Family. Family. Gotcha. Okay. And um, contemporary setting, uh, family business. And, and I, you didn't give me uh, that many categories, so I'm going to push this one into the family quote-unquote yeah, business thing. So. That's um, that's the best way to describe it, I suppose. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, is this set in New York City or San Francisco or Denver or what? Uh, no. Do you want me to tell you where it's set? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know the state. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I think it is set in Northern California. But okay. I, I could be wrong. Okay. And uh, the main characters of the show, is it a husband-wife dynamic or is it the business head and his partners? Uh, what's what's going on there? It is. Do I have to answer that question or can I give you a few more details? You can be vague or you can go into as much detail as you want. All right. The star of the show is a female character. Okay. Heartbroken. Fled L.A and moved to this new town in Northern Cali for a job opportunity in that business I mentioned. Okay, I think I'm leaning towards something, but I, I still have a big blank. What's the business lean towards? Is it tech? Um, what do they operate around? Medicine. Oh. Family medicine. Family medicine. Huh. Okay, so uh, uh, the family dynamic that's going on here, did she return to family or is she finding a new family with this business opportunity? She's she's finding new everything with this business opportunity. Okay, total relocation, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, 
Uh, do we get to see the kids uh, and how they interact with everything, or is it all adult? All adults. And uh, we have a female lead, or she is the uh, mm-hmm. patriarch of what's going on here. Um, or she's the, at least the main catalyst for the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it revolves around her. All right. Um, total relocation goes from L.A. to Northern California, maybe Sacramento, somewhere around in there. Current contemporary drama. Small town. Small town. Okay. Huh. Small town. Who's the lead actress? Alexandra Breckenridge. I know that name, but I'm not pulling. I'm not. Uh, All right. The male. The male lead is Martin Henderson. And the two secondary characters are names that are more well known: Tim Matheson and Annette O'Toole. Tim Matheson. Oh, what is that show? What is that? Oh, okay. Um, well, let's jump into the meat of it here, man. I'm not, nothing is coming to mind. And I know that Tim Matheson has this new show out and I'm aware of it, but I, the name is not on the tip of my tongue. I'm not, I'm not pulling anything up. (laughs) All right. Do you want me to tell you? Go ahead. Virgin river. Virgin river. Yep. Colin Lawrence. So, um, a standing, uh, this uh this show uh it's still very early but does it look like it has the legs for a long run or is it going to reach a natural ending or is it too, too soon to you know it's uh, actually this this plot is very similar to the movie that was out about 20 something years ago called doc hollywood if you remember that movie oh yeah yeah it's very similar to that and, but she's okay. not the doctor. She's a license, you know, licensed, uh, a, rather a practice. What do you call it? Nurse practitioner. I'm sorry. And I think it's got some legs. There's, um, there's, you know, some tension in a relationship between Tim Matheson and Annette O'Toole. I'm not going to give it away what that tension is. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, it, it the first season that we've seen ended where all right we're chomping at the bits for the next one so how long this will last i don't know it may have uh two three four five seasons okay and of course all yeah, that, that that all depends on you know whether the actors come back and you know things yeah that, that signing happen. the next the next string of episodes yeah. that's always the most important deal here right yeah you know, netflix and amazon prime and and hulu and all of these other platforms youtube has their premium network with uh streaming services too and uh mm-hmm. None of them actually use Nielsen ratings. They only they really um, determine whether or not a show is renewable mm-hmm. if it's uh, showing up on the popular or trending list. Yeah. Uh, uh, ba- based on genre, and so if it's not there, there may be a large section of people who are watching it and are super yeah. emotionally uh, invested in it, but right. it may not be enough to move the m- meter enough for them to realize that they need to keep it going until afterwards, yeah. and then they hear like an outcry from the. Uh, from the viewing public. And then uh, some shows have been brought back that way. Um, the marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel is an example of that. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've was, seen the ads for that one. Yeah. It, it was only originally scheduled to be a two year run. And before the second season within like eight days after the second season came out, mm-hmm. uh, everybody found out that was the end of it. Uh, oh. uh, Prime got enough of a, uh, uh, public uh, kind of a deal there that they ended up uh, like eight days later going ahead and signing seasons three and four for it. Wonderful. Like it got them that quick. So well, good for them, um, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, there was another... uh, Joe and I uh-huh, go ahead. 
we have a uh, a standing uh, ten is what we call it. These are our um, uh, series that we consider to be all time great series. They're rated right. at ten by no matter who, how you cut it or who writes them. And those those shows are Sons of Anarchy, um, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, The Office, and Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders mm. we rate it as our number one series of all time. Oh, okay. So with that that in mind, how would you rate Virgin River? Well, those are some pretty heavy hitters and Virgin River just being started. You know, Virgin River is a is a genre that's going to appeal to people that like uh, love stories and, um, and things like that. It's it's not going to be uh, the heavy drama that Breaking Bad would be. Right. Uh, it certainly doesn't have you know, it's not comedy like uh, The Office, which is one of our all time favorites. So uh, I would rate it from a personal perspective an eight. You know, because, okay. yeah, well, it, it kept our interest, but then that's just us. You know, everybody's different. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that, that's that's the fun of the show, because uh, with with that list of standing tens, everybody kind of gets an idea of uh, what Joe and I gravitate there towards. You go. And what we're there you go. Highly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and seeing how that compares is part of the fun. Um Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's it's, it's going to that's a, that's a that's a high bar when you think about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, well done on your part. And so, will that rise? Will it? Will it ever trend? Uh, I don't know. It's got a little bit of a hallmark feel to it, you know. Uh, but okay. it's it's better developed, you know. If you if you watch Hallmark, and and they're they're good movies, but uh, they're movies, and this is a series, and I think yeah. this has got a little bit better character development in it, at least from my perspective. Good deal. All right. Well, uh, Roy, it has been a blast having you on, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Same to you. Thank you, Chris, so much. Of course. Thank you guys. Have a good good evening, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, man. All right. Take care. Yeah, that's that's always the good thing about these made-for-TV <laughs> movies that end up uh, translating better to be a series because two hours of TV just isn't enough to put it all in there. And I'm not saying that was the origin of this, but if it has that no. feel to it, I'm sure it was probably pitched at some point to be a movie. Yeah, you know, it's um, like there's just so many times you can watch a glass slipper go on a girl's foot, you know. <laughs> How many yeah, times can you sure. rewrite that thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. But uh, it's a uh, a coming of – not necessarily a coming of age, but a, definitely a feel-good with a uh, kind of a comeback. Yeah, feel-good. I'm sure the, the, yeah. the lady finds herself as as she's going on this. I think the writers did a good job of creating some, some tension in the love interest, the tension of do I want to – you know, make myself vulnerable again on the, on the part of the female character. Uh, you know, she's, um, lost her husband. There's a lot more to that, that, uh, you know, people watching, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, she's got a lot of inner past she's working through. Is it time to let go? Is it time to move forward? Kind of stuff that they, they really, um, let develop over the, the entirety of the first season. And so you've got okay. you've got that one little bit of tension going. The guy at the bar, you know, he's he's got a past and that owns the bar, and you know he's trying to be a better guy. And he, he's also a, an army veteran, so they do okay. a little, they do a little flashbacking that. And he and his business partner served in uh, okay. Iraq, Iraq together, so you got a little bit of that. And then uh, there's another. Uh, relationship tension between the characters of Tim Matheson and, and Annette O'Toole. 
And they're older, okay. they're older characters, 60s, maybe, you know, late middle to late 60s. Okay. All right. So there's some. Yeah, so they're probably a lot more centered and set in their ways and, yeah. and seeing how a, a new person in the circle kind of yeah, changes but, things up. Is... Uh, and, and that O'Toole is kind of the, her character is kind of the wild card in all of this. So, uh, okay. you know, she, she creates tension wherever she goes. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sue Tinney, uh, the uh, creator and producer mm -hmm. of the show. She's also known for The Good Witch, Seventh Heaven, and Cedar Cove, which are all award-winning yeah. shows. Yeah, all right. So, well, then, yeah, this has got a good foundation, right? Yeah, it definitely has a good foundation. She's uh, uh, great uh, with uh, uh, dealing with the writers and, and working with them and, and doing, uh, she also has some direction credits in a couple of the series that she has done in the past. So it's see, on I'm, Netflix. I'm cheating now, I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up on IMDb yeah. here to see. Colin mm -hmm. Lawrence, uh, Benjamin Hollingsworth, Grayson Maxwell, Guernsey. Okay. Uh, creator was Sue Tinney. Oh, I know her. Okay. Um, so it is, let me give you a, a couple facts I'm pulling up here real quick. We've got two seasons in the books. They're getting ready to shoot season three. So season three has been signed for. Uh, we've got 20 episodes, and IMDb gives her a, a 7.6. So this is a is this is a bar. That's the business, right? Well, that's that's not the business that she went there for. She is um, a, a, a nurse practitioner. If we're talking okay. about the same show, uh, she lost her husband in L.A. And there's some, I won't give away the whole title because uh, if your viewers want to watch it for the first time, right. or your listeners rather, um, there was some tragedy. She ended up losing her husband and she decides to get out of LA and start over fresh. And uh, Tim Matheson is a small town doctor and he's close to retirement. And Annette O'Toole is the mayor of that small town. And she sees that he's the only doc in town. And she runs an ad for somebody to come work with him who will ultimately display or replace him. And he resents it. And there's a lot of tension between those characters and everything. And while she's there, she meets a guy who, yes, owns a bar and grill in town. Okay. And then uh, kind of a little romance starts between them. That's the and start of the love interest here. Well, okay. yeah. And, but there's a lot of tension there. You know, she's, not wanting to get into another relationship, ship, that kind of thing. And it was something mm -hmm. my wife and I enjoyed watching uh, because I work at home and because okay. she's retired and teaches piano lessons at night in her music studio. We have lunch together and we would, wa we would watch that show and we binged on it and thoroughly enjoyed it. I am not a spaceship. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of What's Your Effin' Binge, a podcast brought to you by <clears throat> Joe and Chris. I'm Chris. That's Joe. It is me. I uh, my only my one aspiration in life at this point is to have my own um, Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. All right. We can start that drive on the website. Yeah. Uh, the website, the Facebook. We will uh, definitely uh, start uh, Joe's Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, get homie a page on Wikipedia. Uh, so uh, yeah, we can start that immediately. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's what's up. Yeah, maybe I mean, both of us could one. I want mine to be like completely fact uh infactual at uh -huh. at all points. Completely yeah. bullshit. So like that way want. I'm always 
directing it. You know what I mean? That makes yeah. it, that seems like it would be more fun. I don't yeah. know. Like you want to strangle the tiger. Uh, Vincent's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Indiana. Yeah. Like the more shit like that, the better. That's good stuff. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, we just uh, recorded last night for another episode, which will be coming out uh, this last week. And tonight we are getting ready to record an episode, a review of Virgin River. But uh-huh. before we get into that, uh, I know that you had a couple of things to talk about. We're very close to March Madness. We are. Uh, which means uh, college basketball. So I'm figuring we've got uh, a couple of things to talk about with uh, uh, basketball. Yeah. So – that was that was pretty good how you, how you uh if today was tomorrow's yesterday and yesterday's tomorrow what's today kind of thing um, yeah which I don't have the answer <laughs> to getting good <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um well I I was hoping that today I could say that uh, uh the UCLA Bruins were were headed into the to March Madden into the NCAA tournament yeah. um free and clear but with a loss today to usc i don't know i think we'll have to probably you know maybe you think you have to win the conference title to get there or at least make well, that it to would the be an automatic I, I think i think we have to make the the yeah the conference the tournament final um to Not make it at this ends point. Green, like make it to the semifinal you think you have to make it to the championship <sighs> yeah to feel good about it and then you know maybe we'll get the uh, the last four in, and and from there who knows? I mean the last four in have, have made some pretty solid runs. I think if we do get the last four in, um, I can see this team doing uh, what every uh, Steve Alford team has ever accomplished to do with way more, and that's make the Sweet Sixteen. So okay, um, yeah, I, I really like this coach. I like Mick Cronin. Um, I like his defensive mindedness. He reminds me of Ben Howland. Um, who who I, I love Ben Howland oh, three really, three really. final fours in a row, dude. I mean, look at all the NBA talent yeah. that came off those teams: Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Darren Collison, Drew Holiday. I mean, dude, a dozen NBA players came came from that. Um, and the crazy thing is, is in the NBA, like if you're listening to Stephen A. Fuck off Smith or whatever, you know, it, like they never give any like credence at all to the UCLA powerhouse that still exists as far as like putting pro players in a rotation yeah yeah it's still there it's just not the title runs you know right uh, so it is what it is Mm -hmm. um but from like kevin legler or those other guys you would think that it would be brought up Stephen a smith is going to bloviate to you know no end and fucking be a dickhead no matter what but yeah he gives no love to nobody but uh you would think one of the other that's accurate yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Reggie's Reggie's always banging the drum on on TNT, you know, but uh, he's I mean, he's he's a homer when it comes to that. Um, it's I, I like watching uh, uh, the ESPN uh, games when Bill Walton calls him because it's he's he does he's he, he does his best to be unbiased. But, you know, I mean, you know, he's, know he's not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and some of the stuff he says just cracks me up, man. Uh Bill, I'd love Bill's another guy I'd love to on have on the show. I mean, he he doesn't watch TV, but we could. Uh, it'd be the easiest episode ever. All we'd have to do is just 
Hey, Bill, what are you up to? And hey, then, you hey know, Bill, how your, how's your day going? And then, an hour yeah. and a half later. Ooh. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, we would have cool. to do literally I saw nothing. the sunset over... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Bill, what? Yeah. yeah um, he's fucking fabulous, bro. He really that, is, that'd be yeah. a great one-off episode for us, too, like the Hank and uh, get Bill Walton on here. Yeah, We'd like have it. to do nothing. Uh, le- legitimately, he would just talk. And, you know, we could <laughs> we could take a week off. Um, but no, Bill's I love listening to Bill Walton, dude. He's he is. that was one of the five most five worst possessions in the history of mankind. And, and uh, you know, yeah, um, he says he says some just incredible one liners that yeah. are, I'm sure they are rehearsed to an extent. And he has so many years of doing oh, yeah. it that he's, he's able to pull shit from the well, you know. But yeah. it's uh, he, he's a blast to listen to every fucking time. Yeah. You know, like Sunday, you always get to see him on some ABC game or, uh-huh. you know, the Saturday primetime game. And and if you ever get a chance, like, tuning in just to hear Bill Walton is uh, worth the price of admission. Yeah. No it, matter what it, game. It, 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 it really, really is. is. Yeah. Uh, he's funny. Yeah, he, he, always, awesome. he beats up his uh, partner's Dan uh, Dan. I hope I get his name. Dan Paschke. He always beats him up, man. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, Paschke, he's always handed together him together for years. He's, he's always, always handed him coal him. and yeah. Shit like that. <laughs> and, uh, I think he ate a stick of, he, what did he do the other day? He ate like a stick of butter on TV or something. He did something ridiculous. Just grabbed it out of a dude. Bill Walton did? Yeah, it was it was something silly. No, it was oh, peanut that's butter. Awesome. It was he smeared okay. he smeared peanut butter on the camera, uh, the cameraman, and then he <laughs> he wiped it off and just ate it. Um, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we if we do make it uh, into the into the NCAA, I can see us going uh, Sweet Sixteen. I think we're going to surprise some people. We're pretty hot right now. You think we can get three wins and get to the you know yeah? yeah okay. It would be a three wins, yeah, because it'd be the play in and then the uh, right the round of sixty four and then yeah, yeah. I, I could see us doing that. Which, like I said, would achieve would uh, best anything that achieve we did with more Steve, than Steve Alford, Alford yeah. ever did, which was yeah. yeah and just uh, hearing the mention of his name because fortunately you weren't around here whenever yeah. he was doing his IU thing and yeah. and all that shit, and then doing U uh, U of E with Jim Cruz and everything, and uh, you were there, here for that. Uh, so you were here for like the after legend, and uh, the uh, uh, which was not nearly as impressive as his playing time, and right. just hearing his name brought up in like major coaching circles, I'm like. He's a Jimmy Cruz, Bob Knight castoff. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Any any big program that invests in him seems like it's a failure waiting to happen. With a lot of potential, you'll get some recruiting just because he gets media pop for some fucking reason. And, yeah, uh, he does. You know, because of his IU playing days, and and his you know, I mean, he had some MVP seasons. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was an outstanding player for IU at the time, but that does not – like Michael Jordan being a coach, which Steve Alford is nowhere near uh, Michael Jordan, but – or like, you know, like in the in the NFL, uh, who was it? Um, Mike Singletary, whenever he was the head right. coach of the 49ers. The Niners, yeah. He could see what everybody needed to do, but him translating that and coaching it Right. Properly relaying it to the it just could yeah. possibly happen. You know, I mean, you're talking about two generations later and he's like, oh, whatever. I was on the field. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon didn't even fucking throw for 3000 yards in one season. You know, these kids are like, uh, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> 
you know, I, I yeah, right. But, uh, Steve Alford yeah. makes me cringe every time it has yeah. to be brought up. But and see, three wins, huh? Three wins, yeah. See, I'm Mick Cronin. Um, I mean, I remember when he was coaching Cincinnati. Every time we played them, they beat us up, dude. They we scored like sixty, and this was Steve Alford. That was um, back whenever the Bearcats were making a pretty serious run yeah, after what's-his-face. Every year they made the tournament, and every year uh, when we'd play the one-and-one one against them uh, with, Steve, with Stevie basketball, uh, I mean, they would just beat us up, dude. They would beat us every year. You know, or a team that would score like 85 and points, wasn't and we'd end up scoring out- 60 against them and losing because that's – um, right. And now and it wasn't because that they were out at uh, athleticism, no. uh, you guys. It, it was because they were Work just ethic, dude. running better. Yeah. yeah, running better half court and, and everything and capitalizing. Yeah. So and now he has the, that recruiting pool. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, I mean, this year, I think we we did about what I, you know, most people expected us to do. And and uh most of our teams should be coming back. So next year I expect even bigger things. So that's what I got. Um, I'm not going to predict a, uh, awesome, uh, a tournament champion because I'm always wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like me with the MMA. Yeah. I'm like, I know all of these guys and, and who's like a real high level judo guy and who's a jujitsu yeah. guy and, and all this shit. And I'm like, this guy's going to win. I'm yeah. always fucking yeah. wrong. Um, so that's what I got. Okay. All right. Um, ju- uh, just to have a little short bridge over here, I wanted to talk about the XFL. I've watched uh, <laughs> five weekends of this, and I remember very clearly the 2001, 2002 uh-huh. uh, edition. Yeah. And uh, the first go around of all of this, and I remember very clearly watching a game and it going into halftime and then coming out of halftime. And they're like, okay, we're announcing a quick rule change. I was like, what? <laughs> Mid game. So uh, that was the 2001 XFL uh, 1.0 version uh-huh. of it. This year's version of it, uh, a lot more succinct offensive playing. There's some good quarterbacks or some good college quarterbacks who are making some plays there's some good wide receivers this seems like a really wide open opportunity for either like a middle linebacker or a running back to have just such a such an awesome performance season this little 10 or 12 game stretch that they play before they go to the playoffs uh it seems like a a wide open opportunity for a a running back or or a middle linebacker to have just as big blow up of a season and it's not happening and the face of the league uh, uh, which is Landry Jones the previous quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, he came in with a, a whole bunch of um, uh, you know brouhaha mm. and his first game he threw he throws five interceptions on the first three drives and like it was it was becoming very quickly a Greek fucking tragedy and uh, but they do have some very interesting rule adaptations with the special teams. I did see that, and I was going to mention with, that with the kickoffs. With the uh, multiple forward pass option, mm-hmm. they have a really cool thing that's built in. But the problem is because Vinnie Mac is Vinnie Mac, mm-hmm. he's looking for all star potential as possible. So he has all of these old school coaches, one of which is Jerry motherfucking glanville of <laughs> yes, the, uh, the ACL falcons of, uh-huh, uh-huh. of the run and shoot falcons yep. and the run and shoot oilers jerry fucking glanville 
uh, is uh, a defensive coordinator for one of the teams. And I'm like, wow. So that if this is the coaching guru of the league, how do you ever expect these new playing options to ever be capitalized on? Like Jerry Glanville's not going to draw up, draw up the triple option, you know, two pass play that takes advantage of these rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then also with the special teams, the way that they line up for the kickoff, and then you have the one, two, and three-point extra pointer, obviously the odds say just take a three-point chance every time you line up because at the end of the season, if you're more than 50% successful, you'll end up scoring more points. So that's obviously what you should do. But these guys are like, we're going to run a gimmick play from the 10-yard line or the special teams kickoff where everybody waits till the guy catches it. Like there's no play design going on with that shit. That seems like a fantastic opportunity for some like real crazy WWE shit to go off. And it's not happening yet. And I think it's because they've just kind of missed the boat this first season with hiring these old school, very established coaches from NFL and, and college football days. Mm. Like how are, you need some arena football motherfuckers yeah. to come in here. Like Kurt Warner wasn't ever known yeah. until he came in and lit the league up in arena football. And then it translated to the greatest uh, show on turf. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm seeing it as a uh, pretty evenly divided talent pool. It seems like there's equal talent on most all of the teams. The separation gap right now is just coaching efficiency. Maybe. You've got Houston and another and St. Louis. Those teams are putting up 30-plus points a week, and they're beating everybody. Um, and the rest of the league seems like they're catching up. But uh, St. Louis and, and Houston are putting up the most points because they're also capitalizing on the three-point extra pointer. Um, they're running design almost like draw running plays for the kickoff return. And their pass passing game is a quick three-step drop, boom, yeah. a whole bunch of slants yeah. and over the middles. And they're just constantly moving the ball, like run and shoot, the way it was uh, like, you know, whenever me and you used to play fucking Madden mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. uh, to, you know, 2K and everything always, 20 years ago. I'd always ago, roll out the run and shoot team. Yeah, you're like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to fucking run and shoot. Fuck the defense. Yeah. I'm going to try to score 70 points yeah. a game. And uh, that's what this league needs is something along those lines. And, and my only point is, as fun as it was to see Jerry Glanfield, Glanfield yeah. on, the, on the sideline, <laughs> whenever he was on the sideline, and he's like pulling up his slacks, you know, because he always wore like those yeah. black slacks yeah. and shit. He's pulling up his slacks and he's showing off his cool fucking ostrich skin boots with yeah. the uh, – uh, uh, whatever flame design for uh, the team that he's the defensive. I was like, Oh my God, this is, and he's like, obviously like grinning at the cute little blonde reporter chick, you know, cause they always want to have women on the sidelines. Yeah. Now yeah. he's like looking straight down her fucking breast and giving her the, the wolf grin. And it's like, Oh my God. Like, uh, I hope Vince McMahon does not miss the boat on this uh, and improve. Um, he doesn't have to improve quickly. But if he improves season over season by year three or four, and we're seeing some like really cool new shit, you know, because they allow 
multiple movement. They allow movement towards the line of scrimmage, like a Canadian football yeah. league yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Multiple players of movement and all this shit. They got a lot of cool shit. You know, everybody who is dropping off from the NFL are dropping off because their favorite team is not putting up forty points a mm-hmm. game. That I mean, this is your perfect opportunity, and really, de- and really put yourself out because ESPN has picked up the bill for the next three years. Yeah. You know, really put yourself out there as that developmental piece that the World Football League missed out on, and the AAFL, and you so, know, the USFL back in the '80s and everything. I mean, it's a real opportunity to turn into something that you're in a partnership with a the NFL, which is like a $16 billion a year company. I mean, that what the fuck more could you ask? So for? you're saying, I hope he doesn't, fuck you're up. saying turn it into like a triple a for the NFL, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think the opportunity is definitely there. And, and the way they keep it on network TV is because of the rules additions, because it's different from the yeah. NFL. But because you're still showing the right talent in the right way, a, a, a reception, a major reception over the middle in between three defenders mm-hmm. translates no matter what league you're right. looking at. That's a, a, a high line play. You know what I mean? So if they put more of those plays out there and uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of something that ground for, maybe we could yeah. see something that. Yeah, definitely a proving ground or a reproving ground for someone who got yeah. hurt and they've been on the three year rehab, which an NFL team is not going to pick up the bill for. Right. Uh, you know, things like that where someone could get a chance to get back into the league or someone who got missed in the yeah. draft and they're able I, to. I definitely. You know, I think it's a, it's a big I, deal. It could I be. agree with you. Um, the one thing I want to say that I thought was cool about it was, was the kickoffs, how they're not running full speed, how they have to. Uh, from from a yeah, safety, they have to do like a from a safety uh you know uh, aspect of it they have to wait until the the actual uh, return man catches the ball and then everything goes into motion um to, yeah it's like a shotgun draw run kind of a play almost kinda, and yeah, that's the to way to cut down on on uh you know high speed collision big impact yeah. injuries yeah. and shit. I, I think that's that's a cool I mean, thing you're only paying these guys sixty grand a year don't put them right. out there to fucking you know immobilize <laughs> Send them out to get obliterated yeah. Shit. So, yeah, you know, so I, I've watched cool. a little bit of it uh, when I'm at the gym. It's, you know, um, I'm, I'm spending all this money and I, and I get like nine channels. I get like a Western channel, um, you know, and then I get all the network <laughs> channels and uh, and I think I get like Daystar or some shit, um, you know, and, and a couple other movie channels. So, you know, which say by the bell is cool on Sunday mornings. Um you know, when it's not football season and then, you know, and then, and then I got like the rifle man or like an old, uh, an old Kirk Douglas movie or something. Uh, and then, and then you got XFL whenever it's on. So, so yeah, I've watched it a little bit. Um, and it's, it's fun to watch. It's, you know, but there's, there is a lot of wasted, uh, a lot of wasted potential there. Uh, like you say. Yeah, and, and that's the unfortunate thing. These guys are going out there for the you know the high end contract of eighty five grand a year. Which let's face it, if me and you were able to rewind the clocks twenty five years and have half the athletic ability to be able to get on the field and do something like that, we would have taken it. And these guys are coming fresh off a college right. career or you know the failed AAFL. And uh, there are a couple years removed from the World Football League or, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to break from the Canadian Football League. 
there's a huge opportunity here for a lot of people. And Vince McMahon being the guy that he has been over the past 40 years, uh, turning, you know, uh, dumpster juice uh, Saturday morning shows that basically attracted 12 year old boys uh, and turning it into like mainstream TV. Mm -hmm. If he, if he has half the vision that he's showed before, uh, hopefully he's able to do this in the next three years with, Disney and ESPN's uh, money. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is what the fallout's going to be to WWE. Because if he's a partner with Disney, how can he keep up the shit that he does on wrestling and the stockholders still be happy? Uh, That's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but I, I, think, uh, I think there might be a problem. In the I think future. he can keep those separate entities. I do. Um, He's been able to do yeah. it before, but I mean, he is in bed with Disney. Disney's a whole new motherfucker. He's not beating Ted Turner. That's a whole new motherfucker. You know, I mean, they've made entire movies disappear from the library because they didn't like the racial implications of it and things like that. Like they're erasing their own history because they don't like the way shit was done. So well, I don't know. That's that's a whole nother conversation. That's accurate, but yeah, it's probably. It's probably more interesting conversation than the one we're getting ready to have about this. <laughs> this. this this show. Yeah. Uh, the fellow that brought us uh -huh. this, um, this show, Virgin River. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to to make it for the interview because of scheduling conflicts. Um, but we, you know, we right. did talk to him on, on the phone in the in the pre-interview thing. And he seemed like a a really like really cool guy, really down to earth guy. And I was kind of excited when I heard, you know, heard the thing because I, this had shown up on my, his recommendation because this had shown up on my Netflix and it's, it, it looked intriguing. It did. Um, first of all, it takes place in Northern California. Uh, I live there. It's a uh -huh. beautiful country. Uh, and, and the way it was shot, at least, you know, when you flip to it on Netflix and it shows like the, the preview, uh, it's like, wow, this, this looks like a really, uh, you know, amazing scenic, uh, you know, the cinema, uh, cinematography is definitely amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, it's easy when you have that kind of backdrop. Um, so uh, let me tell you what I liked about this. Okay. Oh, are you, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, <coughs> I, I okay. lived in Northern California. It's it's beautiful. It's nice. And to be honest with you, I I was kind of into it after the first episode. Um, I was, and okay. uh, a lot of shows, you know how a lot of shows they need a running start. So it's like I figured the only way to go from here is up, right? Because the first episode was intriguing, right? Uh, you know, Melinda Monroe. They laid yeah. some groundwork. She's yeah. a uh, a recently widowed nurse uh, with like w a weird kind of sketchy haunted past that that, that they kind of show to you in uh, you know during in snippets, kind of in flashback. Um, she takes a job as a medical uh -huh. assistant in this small northern California town called Virgin River. Um, uh, she's trying to kind of, I guess, kind of get escape from the, the the past, you know, a little bit and kind of start a new life. Um, she had some trauma in her life with a, um, and and it, it doesn't. This isn't disclosed to you in in the first couple episodes. It's uh, yeah, I watched a lot of it, dude. Um, 
Yeah, before uh, before going into that, I'll read the synopsis for everybody just okay, real quick yeah. so they know where yeah. we are. A- after see- seeing an ad for a midwife, a recently widowed big city nurse moves to the Redwood Forest of Northern California, where she meets an intriguing <laughs> man. Ooh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That that that's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> that is it. Um, here's the thing: the the lead the lead girl she is she's a really a really beautiful uh, woman, uh, Alexandra Breckenridge. I, I, oh well, yeah, she's, so, she so, is hot. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, she seems to have a, like a little bit of acting chops. So I looked her up. Uh, she's been in. She has some uh, American yeah. Horror Story. Your show, Walking Dead. She had a part in. Um, and she's in another yep. show right now too, uh, an episodic series. This is us on NBC. So she kind of has like the whole Isla Fisher kind of look going to her, which, which, uh, you know, so, so she's easy enough to look at. And, uh, the main, uh, lead, uh, male is Martin Henderson. And I like him. I like him a lot as an actor. He was in smoking aces. He was one of the, he's a solid actor. He was the, uh, one of the bounty hunters that got shot by the Nazis. And then uh, he's the one that lived and kind of like made his way to, to the house with the kid with the boner who was he fucking with him while he was in the tub with his fingers shot off and stuff. And uh, uh-huh. uh, he's yeah. in Everest. He's in some other stuff. He's, he's a, he's a good actor. He's, you know, he's got that. The, the, he's done some solid yeah, work. Absolutely. He's sure. got the, yeah. the rugged kind of good looks and he plays like this, um, he's a uh like a ptsd old uh i guess special ops maybe it, they build him up as kind of a badass um and yes. they they build they the show up as as like some a real heavy show and then after you watch it and you watch it you watch it you're like man this belongs on fucking lifetime or something or hallmark um why is this is a very lifetime movie. Why is yes. this on, on Netflix, dude, when it could have easily been on, on one of those other? And there's a fucking spider coming right at me, dude. <laughs> <On this. laughs> yeah, I got to check this guy out real quick. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Go ahead. While you're checking him out, I'll go ahead and, and jump in here. So what I see uh, with the first episode and going forward through episodes three and four, and I watched it further than that, but through the first three or four episodes, I'm going to say episode four. Through that, you see uh, Melinda Monroe, who's the lead mm-hmm. actress or the lead right. character now. Uh, you see her come into town, and you see some flashbacks. And so you're left with one of two options. Both are very predictable. And this is where uh, anybody who's listened to any of our previous episodes, once it gets into uh, being predictable, then I lose interest very quickly. And so it had one of two options. And if it broke off to a new one, that would have kept me. But your one of two options was she was running from an abusive husband, which obviously goes out the window once you find out that she also had a child who was uh, uh, stillborn or, or uh, um, sorry, not stillborn, but um uh, went through the complications and the child wasn't able to uh, able to survive. Um, so uh, you get the opportunity for it to be running from the abusive relationship, jumping from one coast to the other because she's an East Coast chick, or um, she's haunted by the memory of the kid. 
and it very quickly goes into she's haunted by the memory of the kid, the lost relationship, and it becomes a uh, a really cool scenic backdrop with a lot of really cool backwoods opportunities. Like the sub characters are the best parts of the show. Uh, how the brother is brought in and abused by uh, 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 Benjamin, uh, by his characters, um, uh, the bartender, the way he's abused immediately because he gets no second chance, but everybody else is in a second chance situation. The, the whole show becomes very blasé very quickly for me. Uh, and I ended up watching it through episode eight. I got to the very end of the first season and Angie watched it with me. And whenever, even whenever my wife sees a, what's supposed to be like a heartstring puller of a story or whatever, she's like, Oh my God, I wish they would get past this shit. Then, I mean, that's telling you how repetitive and uh, predictable uh, the show becomes very quickly. And I'm very sad to say that, uh, I was hoping for something really good too, like you were, uh, I, th it showed up on my, on my recommendations and it just didn't happen. So yeah. Anyways, I, I thought that the show quickly became transparent and it <clears throat> became very predictable in a, not a sad way, but because they were trying to make it sad, made it yeah. kind of sadly predictable. And, and they really mm -hmm. missed a, missed on a big swing with this. I can tell they have like a huge budget, uh, not a huge budget, but they have a big budget for this. And they have a lot of extras and they have a lot of backdrop characters. And there's just a lot mm -hmm. of missed opportunity here. And I haven't looked into a whole lot of who the director is. Uh, to see if he is part of other missed opportunities. I don't think it's the actors uh, because uh, Alexandra and Benjamin and Colin Lawrence and uh, Martin Henderson, all of these people have done successful series before. So I don't, I don't think it's on their part. I think mm -hmm. that, that there's just some very shallow writing that just makes yeah. it move from one scene to the next kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Luckily I did research this and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, I, I really wanted to like this and I want to share with you a, uh, a parable, um, if okay. you will, this, this is my, uh, so about a year and a half ago, my wife and I, uh, were in Vegas for, um, my nephew's wedding. Right. And we were staying, we were staying at a, uh, one of the hotels on the strip, which now they have, uh, fucking resort fees there, dude. Even if your yeah. room, you know, you pay for your room <laughs> completely ahead of time. We still paid like a hundred bucks for a resort fee for, for two days, you know, which was, I mean, you couldn't do anything about it. You're, you're on the hook for a hundred bucks. It's and part so of the with deal. that resort. Yeah. So, uh, you know, which is cool if you're in Vegas to gamble, but we were in Vegas for, you know, kind of business. Uh, and we had a, a an, an eight month old with us. So, or thereabouts, I don't want to make stuff it's up. Like, Maybe she wasn't well, quite that old. Go yeah. and go and see fucking uh, Sinbad or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's not a lot to do. You can either uh, go down one at a time and gamble uh, because you both can't be on the floor together gambling um, or even like standing there with the baby because the pit bosses will swarm you and they're like, hey, you got to keep the keep <laughs> yeah. this, this truck rolling. It's, and dude, I don't want any trouble with Robert De Niro or anything, dude. 
So I got to kind right. of we're just walking it. You got to keep walking in a circle and try to like see where, where your wife is, what machine she's playing and vice versa. <laughs> um, and that became old really quick. So what we did was we decided we would take the baby to uh, the aquarium at Mandalay Bay. And, and this is a cool aquarium. It was quite pricey. Too. Everything in Vegas is pricey now. You, I remember like when I was in high school, like in the 90s, you could go get like fucking all you could eat buffet for like three bucks. Um, right. Yeah. And now, that shit's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went to the Mandalay Bay. And in Mandalay Bay, they have some shark tubes. And in one of them, it's like all dark, which the baby, of course, nodded off as soon as we got in there. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, and, and we're in the shark tube and you, you hear this guy talk about, look, there's Jaws right there t- talking to his oh. kid. You know, oh, there's, jo- there's Jaws right there and this big sand tiger, which they're a mean looking shark, right? Yes, they uh, are. They got they yeah. got the teeth coming out and the uh, snaggle teeth and that's, shit. Yeah, that's Jaws right there, and I'm thinking, well, this guy's an idiot, you know, to yeah. tell his kid that this because like first of all, yeah. why would you misinform your child? Number one, and why would you try to traumatize your child? Number two, uh, yeah, he, you know, um, <laughs> so you know, and, and to me, this show is the Sand Tiger. I mean, it looks. It looks ferocious. It's it's got all the things that you would think would make it be badass, but it's really uh-huh. quite harmless. Uh, and the teeth, uh, there's the, the teeth are just there. They don't. There's they no don't, substance. They they serve no purpose. Um, yes. And and so uh, uh, the luckily, relationship that they have with uh, Annette O'Toole and uh, the, what's his yeah, face, the mayor uh, and, and the doctor, yeah. And, and um, you know, obviously, it's a past relationship that's gone wrong, and blah, right. blah, blah. That's why they're so close, and they try to make it mysterious, and it's like... No, you knew right away that, the, that they were either married you know? or, or they used to be married yeah. or something. Um, and another thing that, I, that just baffled me was there was absolutely no police presence, no law enforcement of any kind in this town. Nope. Um, the doctor. And, he, and, was the, he was a guy. And, and yeah, it's seemingly like 10 miles away, five, 10 miles away, there's a uh, illegal uh, marijuana grow operation, which is also its uh-huh. own commune. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so, it's, you know, they, they, they govern them. So they have their own, like, it's a whole village there where they're growing, which is completely absurd, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, not to mention the fact that it's now legal in California. So now right. it doesn't even, so, it's yeah. not even contemporary. Yeah, you know? so it, it wasn't even like, ooh, oh, something crazy is going to go on here. Um, you know, she gets summoned up there. They're they're headed somewhere to get supplies for – and this is another reason why I wanted to like it. So this uh, newborn baby gets dropped off, and I'm still a new father, okay? You know, it's, I, that's it's, a, I too, wanted so, to like it for that one too. Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, this is kind of – it's, it's, it's hitting all the right – you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's hitting the mark as far as that goes. Yeah. Okay. I'm a new dad. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Um, so they're trying to, to get supplies, I guess, to make sure that this new baby has everything. Cause it gets dropped off at the doctor's doorstep and abandoned. So they're forced to kind of, you know, deal with it, take, not deal with it. That's a poor choice of words, but to, to take care of this child and to get the child, everything that um, that's needed. And so on their way up, they blow a tire and these uh, these guys show up with, you know, this guy shows up with a gun. He's like, hey, uh, you know, we need you to you're a medical. We need your medical expertise to come. You know, this guy, I don't even know how the the main guy of the um, 
the grow operation, how he caught a bullet in his leg. Um, right. So, but she's there and, and uh, she's all taking care of him and, and they kind of, well, if so anything happens to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Martin Henderson, who's apparently this, this badass, uh, is just kind of like, well, you know, um, he's a good talker. He just kind of rolls over. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, uh, you know, because he walks up to the guy when the guy pulls the gun. He's like, what is that? It, you know, he, he names the kind of gun. And the guy's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, well, you're going to need more round. I'm like, all right, shit's getting ready to happen, dude, because he's getting ready to fuck this cat up. And they're like, okay, we'll go with you. But, you know, no funny business. Um, we'll go with you to patch the guy up. So um, it's I, I looked up the writers. The writer is uh, a lady named Sue Tanny, and she uh, was responsible for the Good Witch and Seventh Heaven. So that's probably all you need to know right there. Uh, she also did a, a Hallmark movie channel movie Christmas at Grand Valley. So that's why it kind of has the whole Hallmark feel to me. Um, and, and it was okay. based it was based on a novel by Robin Carr. So it was adapted to this, to this. To Robin screen. Carr, I have heard of, she's yeah. like a big, uh, big, she is a celebrated author. I have heard of Robin Carr. Um, mm-hmm. but so I guess these are uh, novels based on, on her, uh, on her shit, on her. Yeah. There it's a show based on her novels on her shit. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> adapted by Sue Tenney. Um, Man, I, I really, really tried. This got picked up for a second season inexplicably. I don't know how. Um, I know how. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is my other parallel. I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, pull up on this. Okay. So Santa Clarita Diet, um, uh-huh. which, yeah. which is on Netflix. Great show. Great show on Netflix. Got canceled after three seasons. Um, and. You know, and this is a show that Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, right? So it's got, it's got star power Stars. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Drew Bar- the Barrymores are Hollywood royalty. You got the Fondas, the Barrymores. Uh, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And somehow and they Oliphant just pulled the plug. Become like a twenty-year powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just pulled the plug on this show inexplicably, dude. And yet they picked up this show for a second season. Um, and I, <sighs> I, I. I, yeah. I I don't know why there was, you know, I've seen so many better shows uh, last one season and, and go by the wayside. There was a show uh, Camelot uh, that came on stars about King oh. Arthur, which incidentally there, there hasn't been a good uh, King Arthur vehicle ever uh, in my opinion, no, but uh, somebody Camelot has fucked close. it up some yeah. way or in a, yeah, they, they did come close. Yeah. And, and then they pulled that after one season. So, and the guy Richie one, don't even get me started on that. Our 35 listeners are going to bail pretty quick when I start dogging on uh on, on guy Ritchie. yeah guy Ritchie they, is a yeah they turn merlin know, I mean, into a that's his turn, one bad movie yeah they turn merlin into a girl and um you know uh arthur's kind of a two-bit hu- underground hustler uh yeah come on man get the fuck out of here but that's, that's another story for another time um my whole point of this is i don't know how it i got picked up for a second season if you do i would love the enlightenment Okay, so here's my theory. Um, The plot is very transparent. The vehicle is very transparent. It all becomes very, so thinly veiled, it's translucent very quickly. uh, As far as the script writing, the character arcs, the way that they're intertwining 
what's her face with a dude who's supposed uh, supposedly a badass. Oh, okay. uh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the, the new nurse in town is going to hook up with guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's it's, obvious, uh, from yeah, the first, the last 30 minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is <clears throat> a show, unfortunately that gets the buying, um, that gets the, gets both heads of the household involved because um, the wife is going to watch this. And for a lot of husbands, they're going to end up watching it with them. And uh, it's fucking shit. And I've got of um, uh, out of a lot of rating options on this, IMDB is giving it a 7.5, but I look further and their popularity in the last 30 days has uh, dropped 115 points, which means out of every 100 uh, people, the rating dropped 1.1. So a month ago, this was an 8.5 rated series. But now the more people who are watching it, the rating is going to drop. So this second season is probably going to be its last uh, because they're going to get a lot of negative feedback about it because they're wasting some good character actors. Uh, They're not wasting a good script writer because she has obviously produced this drivel before. And anybody who's watching this, uh, uh, if you say you're enjoying watching this, you're you're spending 45 minutes of every hour on your goddamn phone. Uh, that's the only way you're watching it. You're enjoying watching this. Yeah, uh, and, you're, you're uh, catching uh, up. On, <laughs> you're catching up on wordy I, word or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're doing words with friends and and whatnot, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. They found a baby. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's heartbreaking. Uh-huh. And that's that's your grip on yeah. this motherfucking yeah. show. If you like this, yeah. I promise you. Oh holy uh, shit! So, She's the mom. You know, I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. The mom shows up for 15 seconds and she's this widow up on the fucking hill and mm-hmm. she looks like she's never had a baby in her life. She's the only hot chick besides the lead yeah. who's on this fucking shit. And she just showed up with this like dumpster baby. And uh, <laughs> she shows up for like, uh, uh, you know, 10 minutes in like four episodes. Fuck this shit. Oh, this the is old a dumpster baby. The dumpster <laughs> baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, I'm officially going out here and uh, very upfront giving this a dumpster juice rating. You're, uh, you're dumping it. Th- yeah, this is fucking horrible, dude. Uh, um, uh, my my wife. I was when we I was reviewing this. I was watching it. My wife came home from work and uh, she sat down. She's like, "Oh, what do you watch?" I said, "This show I'm, I'm reviewing." She sat there for five minutes. She said, baby, I'm so sorry. I love you. Kiss me. (laughs) No, that's a true story. Yeah, you got the kiss of death. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. I love you. I hope you get through it. Um, So I am. (laughs) Yeah. So to to bring my my dumpster juice tally now, mine is up to two. First one was Riverdale, which which I... uh, at first, I didn't. We have both, and, and then I rethought we it. We both that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and this is, uh, I don't. This I, is even worse. I, I, this is like an attempt at serious adult yeah. situations 
that turns to be like super transparent and so fucking you know what's coming next because this is from like a combination of 20 like hallmark movies yeah and if you've ever had to sit there and watch the movie with your wife just because you know you're having to watch something that she likes Mm -hmm. you know this and if you're denying it then you know whatever dude but uh at the end of the day this is fucking filth and i'm not gonna lay off of that (laughs) it's it's bad i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not i'm not gonna make up new words for it but uh it's 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 bad um I, I don't know. It's it's cert, it. I don't know if it's worse than Riverdale. But here's the thing: if anyone suggests to us anything with a fucking word "river" in it, it better be like "angry river," "blood river," uh, "river yeah. of death." It better yeah. be something that sounds. A river fucking, runs through it, and it, it better be fucking good. It, it better sound hardcore because anything with river so far has just been uh, a shit river. So yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> a river of pollution has come down. <laughs> a river, uh, a river of toxic, toxic. What the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> it hasn't been, it hasn't been good so far. And you would think uh, a river being in the title somewhere along the line, you would catch some lightning. And yeah. at least with Riverdale, they had some hot borderline legal age chicks. Eh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, but it still was horrible. And this is uh, more offensive because it is such adult topic. This is something. I mean, they had the chance to like really grab something and run with it. Yeah. And they really missed the fucking handoff. This is like the freshman relay team Uh dropping the baton. Dropping the times while they run the 400. Yeah. (laughs) Every every handoff got dropped. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing if my sister ever listened to this podcast, she wouldn't because I already told her I said, sis, she wouldn't like it. We, we, talk way too candidly Uh, but if she ever did listen to it and she heard us uh uh review this show she oh that sounds lovely and she she this is a show Mm. she i could see her watching uh to the very bitter end which hopefully is is only one more season because it is not good it's gotta be um there's no way that people are gonna keep (laughs) like taking this like it, it uh, there's something offensive about it yeah. <laughs> to me. All <laughs> 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 oh, this, oh, this is most irregular. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> you know, the dumpster baby becoming part of the community, and the mom yeah. lives up the fucking hill. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, people? And nobody, like, nobody say really anything because you know she's just... got a reputation, and it's, it's dude. Yeah. She's depressed. No, she fucking dropped her kid off uh, at the firehouse, you know, front door, and fucking ran off and comes back in once while to, to breastfeed. Show her. us her tits. Which what the which fuck is going? What which you don't even going see. on here, man? Uh, you don't even see. Yeah, so. I don't even get to see the nice tits. They're obviously cool tits, uh, but uh... <laughs> but I wouldn't fucking know because I didn't get to see them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah man i'm I'm really i'm really disappointed with this one i was really thinking that we we're on to something like okay this is going to be dramatic and i'm going to have to take a running start at it but dude you know, i'm going to yeah. get through it because yeah. it's going to be the one thing that fucking like grabs me uh-huh. and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the, i can't wait for next season fuck next season yeah whoever watches next season is uh drinking the dumpster <laughs> juice that uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring one back from from way back in the day. High on dickhead soup. Um, high on dickhead soup. Yeah. You are yes. 
if, if you think this is a, which and my my sister's excluded because she she does not partake in the dickhead soup, but uh, <laughs> um, because she would she would I could she would watch it she would tell me about this show I'm sure uh, she'd be like oh next time I see her I'll probably here's a show you next need to review yeah her, she'll probably bring old. this yeah. up to me and I'll be like yeah sis I'll check that out oh. um uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no i totally get it yeah. like there's a whole plethora so, of people i could think of and yeah. all of them are are uh, women yeah uh intelligent women mm-hmm. and super great females all yeah. the way around yeah. but this would be like they're there there's appeal this is yeah. almost like comic book to them yeah you know it's mindless driven yeah but they think it's good there, someone thinks it's there, good. there is appeal to to people and it's the you know the hallmark movie channel uh crowd uh, yeah. Which is a lot of my family, and you know what? I've seen some of those movies, and they're not bad, but it's just not. <laughs> it's it's not me. No, it's not. You it's, know, it's not, and it's not uh, our demo, dude. It's not. I'm sure folks in Auckland are are like, oh, thank you. I can't do a Brit, uh, an Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> I don't even know what an Auckland uh, accent or New Zealand like. accent. Uh, uh, thank you, mate, for uh, steering <laughs> us away from. <laughs> <laughs> from New uh, River, Maine whatever totally fucking Australian. river this is fucking called. <laughs> he, he yeah. just... Our impersonation of an Auckland, New Zealand person is our interpretation of Virgin River. That's how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to our friends in Auckland, don't watch Virgin River. Uh, yeah, please don't. Or else you'll have to hear us do this accent some more. <laughs> How fucking horrible. This is, uh, yeah, I, I only can laugh at how horrible it was. And, um, the interview, uh, of course, uh, he, he was, a uh, he was fabulous. Well-spoken. Yeah. Nice guy. And, yeah. 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 Very, uh, very, uh, as soon, as soon as I looked up the movie, I looked at my wife and I was like, here we go. I, I don't know what to say here, but uh, something feels like somebody is forced to sit on the couch on Sunday nights and have to watch a particular show. Uh-huh. And he did not choose this. I'm sure there's no fucking way you could have chose this. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I mean, at, we at sooner at, at some point, our review has to have some teeth and I'm just pick, I'm picking this as my beach to stand on, bro. If you're, if you come to us with this kind of show, I'm going to fucking lambast you, man. That's just the way it is because there's no fucking way a guy with a hard dick watches this show on purpose. <laughs> well, I don't think he walks around with a hard penis all the time, dude. But, but still, <laughs> the fact that you have the ability to have a hard dick, there's no fucking way you're watching it. <laughs> if you have Without. the technology to get a boner, you're not. Yes. You're being coerced. I promise you. There is something going on here that you haven't spoken about. And I understand. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. But uh, uh, some gay ball. Dumpster juice for me. Yeah. Uh, what do you call yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm d- dumping it. For we sure. got a double, double dumpster double juice. Dump- this is our first double dumpster. Well, no, it's our second. Riverdale. Uh, yeah, but we uh, recanted later yeah. and, and so, changed it. So this is our first official, yeah. Front, uh, right. Double dumpster juice. Double dumpster, uh, dumpster delight. <laughs> double, double dumpster, dumpster dandy. Juice, dump, yeah. uh, dump, uh, dumpster baby, dumpster dandy. Whatever alliteration uh, you want. Um, 
yeah, I can't speak on how badly this is. Avoid at all cost if you can. There's, yeah, there's, uh, and if you're forced to watch <clears throat> it, I feel really sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever's going on in the bedroom, apparently, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fire that salvo, dude. But, um, uh-huh. yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's, I'm, I'm gonna say there's better stuff out there, uh, folks. So definitely if you need something that's more heartwarming or whatever, you know, I mean, just fire up fucking a Christmas story or something. (laughs) I don't know, but this is not it. (laughs) Fire up elf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's more heartwarming than this this shit is. At least elf is fucking and and you get to see Zoe uh, up there. So yeah. Zoe with blonde Blonde hair. Yeah. uh, Big blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh a million times more things to talk about than a virgin river. Yeah, so this is this um, is not gonna run as long as MASH. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb. <laughs> yeah. This is uh already twenty-eight seasons <laughs> behind, and I think that's about where it's gonna end. Uh anyways. So uh coming up here uh during this episode, the following week, everybody keep your eyes out on the Facebook page. We're gonna have a new advertiser available. 